0: Call Sarah Kay. Just to confirm, you'd like to call Sarah Kay Mooney? Calling now. Hey, Joseph. Hello. Can you hear me? I can. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: We are doing good. We've got all the Christmas tree stuff set up. We've uh, we've we've had a we've had a good weekend. What about you guys?
1: Yeah, a good weekend. Spent some time outside, um, which is always nice. We did we did the tree set up um, last weekend, and that's for us or for me at least not the most fun experience, um, <laughs> but it's nice once it's up. So. I'm fake. Like, yeah. Glad to have had that out of the way.
0: <laughs> we have uh we have a full size tree this year for the first time in our marriage. We've always had like a little tiny oh, yeah. uh, you know, like a little fake tree and this year's is, is fake too, but um it's just huge. And yeah. It's it's wonderful with Zeke. It's like a cute thing. Chelsea really loves it. Chelsea's a huge on um like family traditions and stuff. She had like a lot more of that. Um, I don't know, a lot more of those as a, as a kid. And so, um, so that all of that was really nice, but then Maggie, (laughs) Maggie just wants to pull everything off the tree. Maggie. Yeah, Yeah. She started walking. It's ridiculous.
1: It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, trees and young, young, young toddlers, um, are not a good combination,
0: Every, um, every parent that saw my video uh, responded almost exactly the same by saying, I'm so sorry. Because they just yeah. know that that just means just game over.
1: It changes the game. It does, for <laughs> sure. Yes. Um, yeah. How how old is she?
0: Seven months.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Which, Zeke, <laughs> which De- like Zeke did the same thing. Half a
1: year ahead of the curve.
0: Yeah, it's so weird. Wow yeah I don't yeah. I mean you know I I also said this because we had a couple of people message us and like our kid didn't isn't doing it and he's you know 14 <laughs> a months you're older yeah. and I'm like they all level out it all it <laughs> like it ends up right. being the same it's fine you know right right so wow anyway.
1: Yeah. Is this so? This is the first Christmas in your house.
0: This is. Yeah, we right, okay. we bought it let's in February. Oh, I hate that word. Feb. February. God, I can't even do it. How do you say okay. February? February.
1: I I think in my mind the R is silent. February. I just kind of dropped that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's let's never talk about this again because that's horrible. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. That yeah. That and uh rural and. Several others I'd like to just not be words anymore,
1: yeah, rural's a tough one too um
0: well i'm I'm recording, and I don't think we've said anything controversial that y- you would want to be edited out of this um but i wanna um hang on one second before we jump into it, I just wanna say, um, this doesn't have to be anything specific, and there's no like uh you know, don't, don't worry about being profound or anything or, you know, any of that. It can just be a conversation. Um, and I think the shape of it that I want it to take is like basically just talk a little bit about, um, just advent in general, kind of what the practice is. Well, instead of just giving a bunch of it away and having this conversation now, let's just jump into the conversation (laughs) see where it goes. Okay, sounds good. Um well, at 8:40 this morning, I got your Advent Week 2 email and it's fantastic. Last week I really enjoyed last week's. This one for whatever reason, I think it probably is because um probably because it's so specific to me, like it's such a mm-hmm. it <laughs> it is a message I need to hear. Um and so Anyway, I, I really loved it. Was really moved by it. And so I just obviously I messaged you to see if we could jump on the call um, yeah. today. But can you can you tell folks kind of because Advent I know from our relationship has been something that has been important for you for a while. Can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about Advent, like growing up or like how how did that how did Advent enter your life?
1: Yeah, it really entered when I started going to a. Anglican church in college. Um, the idea of like a church calendar was totally foreign to me prior to entering into a tradition that was more liturgical. Um, and I think as somebody who has, um, you know, I like schedules, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm like sort of drawn to that. I know this, but about I, you. I, yeah, you do know this about me. Um, but I also I'm drawn to the fact though that it it's different from sort of like the the schedules or like the overall rhythms um, of sort of, you know, secular capitalistic American life in some ways, granted like holiday season and advent. you know, there's some overlap there for sure. but um,
0: the heart of those two things feel very different.
1: Very different. Yeah, big contrast. opposition. And so, Yeah, I was really, in college, um, pretty disillusioned by, like, all the consumerism and, like, the hullabaloo um, that just, you know, comes with kind of Christmas. And so I was just, like, really, really attracted to um, when our our pastor was just talking about sort of what what Advent even is, what's at the heart of it, you know, it's a, a time of waiting and preparation and, um, anticipation. And it's not, you know, it's, it is, um, a really holy sort of act, I guess, to, to kind of engage
0: with that. Was was your disillusionment, um, sorry to cut you off, but was your disillusionment kind of with all of the hullabaloo to use your word in general or with how it was mirrored? in like a lot of evangelical churches that it just it like it is a shopping mall it just has a cross in it
1: oh for sure yeah that yeah that. and i wouldn't say like you know the the churches i attended like were so egregious on that end but you you saw
0: it like, oh yeah
1: slip in um at least i did um, Oh yeah yeah so to go from kind of that where it was like just yeah slap a cross on it um but really it's the same that was um really refreshing to see a totally different take and then also you know i think it is important for me to also recognize like it all intertwines then too with the other the other seasons of the church calendar too. Mm-hmm. like you kind of have you as you cycle through and engaging with them um and sort of the different themes it feels like a kind of complete cycle so to speak and it's a it feels pretty well balanced as well um so just even seeing advent in the context of sort of the bigger the bigger liturgical seasons at play um was helpful too
0: was Um, was it college was that when um whether it was that church or just in general that you started to read more deeply and find some of these authors that we share that we love
1: it was, yeah, and actually this, um, our, our pastor and priest, Kyle Wallace, um, who, yeah, just such an incredible um, mentor and friend, and he gifted me, he and his wife gave me a copy of um, uh, Mary Oliver collection when I graduated from college, and so I... Um, what a gift. yeah. Yeah. And really it was like kind of that book. So I was an English major in college, but did not uh, poetry always intimidated me. And it just seemed like to me, poems were either really pretentious or they were just hard to understand. And so I did not take any poetry classes and, you know, never chose to like write a paper on a poem if I didn't have to. Right. Um, just totally shied away from it. And so, uh, yeah, I would attribute it to kind of receiving that book and then another uh, professor emeritus who I heard give a lecture um, and shared some of his work. I started engaging with his work more and so it was kind of like one one poet led me down a path to another and um, I began to, yeah, see start this sort of discipline where I would choose a poem. I think I uh, the first year I did it was back in 2013, and I just sent it out to like my immediate family and like a handful of of friends, um, maybe like a dozen and a half people, where I would just like choose a poem. The first one, of course, was like a Mary Oliver one. Um,
0: Mary Oliver was my gateway drug too. Yeah.
1: I, yeah, I think she is for a lot of people. I
0: I had a similar kind of hatred. I don't think that, or not hatred, but I just didn't really care about poetry and. For we probably for different reasons. I'm I was kind of like, all right, let's get on with it. Don't be so needlessly complicated. Like I <laughs> I remember in tenth grade hating Emily Dickinson. I'm like like a oh, poem yeah. should rhyme and you know yeah don't be so weird. Um, but yeah, Mary Oliver for me was and and I, I had a professor of mind that's well Ricky who's my spiritual director now mm-hmm. and he he I think it was him that said uh you can't just like like poetry abstractly what it what it, it's sort of like musicians nobody's just like i love music you know like and meaning all music like you have to find the mm. the thing that captures your attention that is the voice that you want to read in so anyway yeah mary exactly. oliver for me kind of opened up other things i'm like oh this doesn't have to be needlessly complicated this is uh she's just so grounded in the world you know you right. you know what she's talking about and she does yes. it beautifully. Anyway. She does. Keep going. Yes. Sorry.
1: No, no. That's I mean, I think it's yeah, that's a really similar kind of um entry point um to me. And I I think, yeah, there I'm still not an Emily Dickinson fan. I don't know if I ever will be. Um, so I'm with you on that too. But um yeah, I just started, I was like, okay, what what are some of like the, the traditions that I want to start um now that I'm like a you know full-fledged adult and <laughs> on my own and
0: allegedly, um, allegedly they keep telling yeah, me that does it
1: ever happened um and so this I was like why not I'm reading more poetry I want to I want to read more poetry this is like a good sort of discipline to do that and so we just kind of pulled out a poem with sort of advent like themes and that could be applied you Know really directly and explicitly, or more broadly, I think, kind of like today's poem. Um, and would just you know maybe write a reflection, maybe not, depending on like how much time I had or um how much time I wanted to put into it that week, but would just send that out. And so, yeah, I have kept up with it. And I'm um, each year it's kind of like, hmm, am I gonna run out of poems? Like, <laughs> you know, I've, I've to picked up the tradition for the season of Lent as well. And that's like I feel like a little bit more broad, like, you know, so I I don't know. Um, but each year there's always like I always come across so many where I'm like, ooh, this one's really speaking to me. And that was a case for for this poem. Um how just sort of where I'm at.
0: Has the list grown over the years? Like is it, it, is has. it are there quite a bit of people that are on yes. it now?
1: Yeah. And a lot of people I don't know, which is really neat to see. Um that's cool. Yeah. So that's, it's, it feels like a little community and there's, you know, the joke is like everyone and their mom, because (laughs) literally people are like, oh yeah, I sent it to my mom and she's on it. I I actually saw a friend last night, a friend of a friend last night. He said that. I was like, yep, that sounds right. Um, do you get get a lot of
0: engagement with it? Do people send you messages back? Yeah,
1: they do. And actually the one, um, and I've gotten, (laughs) there's been a few times where I've gotten like, I don't think this email was meant for me. (laughs) (laughs) um, But like, I I have their name just kind of in my um, sort of email, you know, address book now. But yeah, definitely some purposeful engagement. And, and usually, um, you know, it's, it's folks that I know, and like old friends from college and people who chime in, but there's, There are some where um actually today it was a a colleague who I haven't worked with in over ten years and haven't seen her in over ten years and we were never particularly like close socially, but just I always enjoyed working with her and she emailed me today and just expressed some gratitude um for the poem. And so I just I love that it keeps me connected to folks who I care deeply about but don't necessarily always, you know, talk to on a regular basis. Um
0: That's really cool. Yeah. Well, I wanna uh I wanna read today's poem and that you sent and then talk about it a little bit because I've I've come back to it a couple of times today and is that okay? Is that I'd love that. Is that kosher? Can you do that?
1: Yes. Okay. okay. I was gonna suggest it if you didn't.
0: Okay. I well I wanted to make sure it wasn't like uh copywritten or something. I don't think poetry's like that. Okay. Anyway. Um what's the uh how do you say that? Brocade?
1: I know. I think it's brocade.
0: Brocade. Okay. I.
1: But your guess is as good as mine. Just just say it confidently and <laughs> no one will know.
0: Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah. Okay, whatever. Red Brocade by Naomi Shihabnai. The Arabs used to say, when a stranger appears at your door, feed him for three days before asking who he is, where he's come from, where he's headed. That way he'll have strength enough to answer or by then you'll be such good friends, you don't care. Let's go back to that. Rice? Pine nuts? Here, take the red brocade pillow. My child will serve water to your horse. No, I was not busy when you came. I was not preparing to be busy. That's the armor everyone put on to pretend they had a purpose in the world. I refuse to be claimed. Your plate is waiting. We will snip fresh mint into your tea. Oh, it's so good. Snaps.
1: Snaps. Yeah. And I will, I'll cite the source The uh, inner librarian in me, um, feels obligated to do that since he mentioned that, but it's, that's from a collection called 19 varieties of gazelle poems of the Middle East um, published in 2002.
0: Super so thank good. You for reading that. Yeah. Um, so in the, in the email, one of the things that I appreciated, and I appreciate from from anyone, I I, I can't uh, I can't stand uh, bravado or like macho kind of things where people have you know pretend to have no weakness, or I can't stand um, kind of like feigned or false vulnerability. But what I really liked in your email was that you talked about, and I know this just because we know each other, but that this is. Uh, something that, that really specifically hits you as well. And so what, what about it initially kind of stung to you?
1: Yeah. Um, the line, well, two lines really, um, no, I was not busy when you came. I was not preparing to be busy. <laughs> I think if yeah. it just if she just left it a, like, I was not busy when you came, like, yeah, I've said that all the time. Sure you know, there's an unexpected kind of guest or visitor interruption. Um, You're like, no, 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 come in, come in. Um, Uh But then just taking it that step further is not preparing to be busy. Like that's, that's never true for me. I'm, I'm always busy and I think I, yeah, take pride in that. Um, I mean, I say that now and I'm not proud of it, but I, I'm, and I said this in the email, I really do, feel like and I think this is true of a lot of people but I'm addicted to busyness and I think I tie myself worth to that um, in a lot of ways and I think the other one then like that last stanza I refuse to be claimed Uh um, that one I I read it and I think it could be read in a variety of ways but given (laughs) my own sort of natural posture towards busyness. I read it as saying, like, I refuse to be claimed by busyness. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something I would aspire to, I think. And so this is, yeah, it's a challenging poem. Um, And I think especially challenging for me, because I, I would say, like, oh, yeah, I'm a very hospitable person. Like, I love hospitality. We love, like, my husband and I love hosting people. We love having people come to our house. Like, that's, um, something that we, we want to, um, you know, actively pursue. But I think that's, for me, it's like on my own, on my own terms.
0: Yeah, it's planned um, hospitality. And yes.
1: not spontaneous.
0: Yeah. That's the thing that, that hits me is that, uh, and, and I think you, you being addicted to busyness, maybe because you can produce so much in that time. Me, because I just like constant motion. Like mm-hmm. I don't ever, if I go on a solo trip or something, which doesn't happen often, but, um, or even up to Ohio for Thanksgiving, you know, I take like seven books. I like, I just do, I I know that, and I'm planning for every waking moment, I'm going to have something to just satiate myself. You know, I'm not going to be yep. bored for a moment. And, right. uh, and so, cause busyness is and Peterson says this constantly, busyness is laziness is what he says. And so like that whole, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm pointing that arrow at myself primarily because it's, it's this feeling, it's this thing so that you can feel or that I can feel like I'm useful or worthwhile or, you know, not bored. And, Mm -hmm. um, that idea of, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't busy when you showed up and I wasn't planning to be busy. That, that like intention of it, to me is huge, and and the yeah. the feeling of of like cultivating open space, f- and like what it what it manifests itself as when things aren't happening when you aren't welcoming the stranger in is that there are periods of being bored you know or being yep. there being emptiness there and that that's yeah. a good thing and that's you know talk about Ricky and my spiritual direction stuff that's what we talk about a ton is like. Where's silence happening in your life where's open and and like that's the kind of life that I would say that I want to live is that you know that what the stranger represents in this poem that I'm allowing myself space to even have the potential of being surprised by God by something that he would give me that would be a task or a gift whatever um but without openness to it and without intention toward that it it's not going to happen
1: yeah yeah, which I think is a good, like, tie-in then, too, to the, the sort of Advent theme of, like, waiting, right? Like, yeah. that's such a big a big part of this season. Um, and it's, like, what do we do while we wait? Are we just kind of filling it with these, for me, like, tasks where I want to feel productive or, for you, tasks where you want to feel, like, entertained or, yeah. I don't know. Maybe nope. that's not fair to put those words here or distract No, no, way, no, that's
0: – no, you're exactly right
1: yeah um and you know for other people it might be it might be other things but still manifesting the form of of busyness um
0: yeah it's really and good so i
1: think yeah um i think the other piece for me that was like okay and i i i wasn't like huh i like this poem how can i twist it into like an advent lens? <laughs> right i promise i wasn't doing that um but I do really love this poem. I was excited to to share it. But I think the other tie-in with the sort of the Christmas narrative is just like all the different moments where there are strangers appearing at the doorstep. Um and you know, in in the case of like Gabriel showing up to Mary, like her response is and I think an ideal one of sorts, like just here I am, let it be according yeah. to your word. Um, just this openness and this willingness. Um, and you can kind of contrast that. I mean, and we don't know all the details um from I guess is it Luke, but Mary and Joseph showing up to the inn in Bethlehem, like you know, no one was really kind of rolling out the red carpet for them or snipping mint into their tea while they were in the stable, or at least not that. We know of until the the shepherds and wise men appeared perhaps but um yeah so just kind of thinking through like and i think with mary of course her her willingness to uh, like host if we're talking about hospitality to like host god incarnate in her body temporarily mm-hmm. is like sort of the ultimate the ultimate act of hospitality um especially with in that case there were so many unknowns and Um, mysterious um, variables at at play there.
0: Yeah, I I like the juxtaposition of the wise men or shepherds in the field um, versus an innkeeper that before Christ appearing or his birth, um, the the innkeeper would have looked like the one that was a successful, productive member of society and right you know shepherds in a field um yeah yeah just waiting and so you can you can take what's immediate or you can take what's important or whatever not to sermonize it too much but um that's yeah i think that's beautiful
1: yeah have you ever heard um beekner's monologue on the innkeeper
0: i think so um I've read so much of him of his stuff.
1: Yeah, you've probably come across it, but that that's exactly like the picture he paints of him. Of just like all these, just so consumed with the little tasks of like, did we change like the linens on the <laughs> beds? Like, did the kids eat? Uh, you know, yeah. did we did we keep the books? Like the ledger is it is it up to date? And just describes it as like the, you know, just like and then he missed it, and then he realizes like he missed it and the heartache that comes with that. And so
0: that probably yeah. seeped its way into my subconscious and then I just claimed it as my own <laughs> thought. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's really good.
1: Um, Yeah. So that's, that's definitely a
0: contrast there. The, uh, sure. the, the lectionary text for today is uh, a text that Nadia Bowles Weber has this thing that um, I think it was on the work of the people or something, but she says, cause we, you know, we get this like thief in the night, verse. And, um, she says, and for, you know, for, for me, it was, that was used, um, in these very dramatic and weird ways, uh, in my, the way I grew up, but (laughs) she uses that. And she says, uh, she says, what, what is, what do you have in your life that you need a holy thief to come and steal from you to open you to what, you know, God does want for you. And, um, I, I think that, is fitting for what we're talking about that kind of creation of open space in us, um, metaphorically yeah. and literally, you know, just our time. But that, I think that's, a, I think that's appropriate.
1: Right. Absolutely. And then I guess to tie it back in this idea of like, um, I don't know, set sort of setting, marking the season of Advent, um, in some, some sort of way. It's like, I'm, to me, that is, like, I want to refuse to be claimed by, like, the sort of rhythms of the world um, and want to seek out in, like, in a more intentional way, like, disciplines or um, habits that will allow me to kind of, like, engage with scripture in a new way or engage with, um, again, some of the The themes that are like emerging in you know specific passages of the lectionary for that season, um, and not be like defined by time um, in the way that like the world defines it. I think I just have like a very rocky relationship with time for all the reasons I've already articulated, and I'm sure people could like guess and fill the blanks. Um, There's never enough of it, and I don't know like this you know, kind of marking it in a new way, um, according to, to scripture, um, has really helped me, you know, zoom out a bit from some of the, the mundane details, um, and tasks and those sorts of things that manifest
0: Yeah, all the time. Yeah. I, I, I recognize in myself that I, um, that I look down on boredom. Like I, when I see somebody post, um, I need, I need new recommendations for Netflix or uh, I need a new show to get into where we've run out. I'm like, how bored are you? Like, yeah. what do you, and, and the, the feeling I have is like, you know, thank God I'm not that. Or like people that play video games, i like, oh my God, who has time to just spend <laughs> six hours a day on some dumb, whatever. But the thing that I felt convicted about, and it's even come up today in conversation with Chelsea, is like I, I I've created a life that there's never a moment that I can't be doing something. I can't be, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And I I want theoretically, like when I top down look at my life, I want to have moments that like I'm bored with the kids to the point that we do something that's fun or, you know, you know, that is not planned. It's just something in the moment. I want to be that kind of a person. I want to live mm-hmm. that kind of moment by moment thing. And mine's not cause I'm so structured and I'm so, cause I'm not like, you know, captain organized and all that kind of stuff like you are, but, <laughs> but I am constantly, I do set the pieces in place so that I constantly have something that I can be doing this productive or mm-hmm. generating, you know, whatever. Um, but I, you know, I want to give that up. I want to, I want to find better rhythms and, yeah. um, more space. And so, yeah, all of it was really convicting to me. And I told you, and I, I won't go into a super long story cause we'll, we'll jump off here in a second. But there was this moment, um, cause the, the beginning of this poem says that, uh, when a stranger appears at your door, uh, feed him for three days before asking who he is, which is automatically, like, that's extremely strange, you know, like, mm-hmm. that's a foreign thing, mm-hmm. um, but I had this moment when I was in college, where I was working at a baseball tournament in Atlanta, and I was by myself, um, there were friends that were there, but I was on the front end, it was the second summer I'd done this, and it was a ton of money for a month of like just working the gate at one field of a baseball, huge baseball tournament. And it was going to be, you know, like five grand for a month. And they put you in a nice hotel. Anyway, so I get to the place, and uh, but it's also going to be like 11 hours a day of sitting at a baseball field with your thoughts. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was the alone part of it. I don't know if it was just a chemical thing, whatever. I, yeah. I would... Describe it now as like I just had a panic attack. Didn't have any language for what that even could be because mm-hmm. I had no history of that. And mm-hmm. I called my boss from the road. I was already two or three hours away uh, from Atlanta at that time, and said, "Hey, uh, I'm going to need someone to cover my field tomorrow, and then also forever because I'm I'm <laughs> I'm I'm leaving." All and right. uh, and so my dad was preaching at a youth camp in. Uh, right outside of Nashville, and so I didn't know what to do or whatever. So I just I just started driving to that camp, and uh, so I, I I'm trying to get there. My dad's in the middle of service, and um, at that point, you know, I don't have a smartphone. I have like printed out MapsQuest directions from the hotel lobby, and I'm way outside of like in the sticks outside of Nashville, and. Mm-hmm. I get turned around somehow and all the roads are like County road 50, you know, like it's just, there's nothing that (laughs) feels recognizable. And so I realize it's, it's super late. And I realize that like, I keep, I've seen the same house several times now, like I'm driving (laughs) in circles. And so it's like the perfect storm, right? So my phone is about to die and I'm close to running out of gas and, and I'm like, okay, well, I, like, I don't know what to do. I'm already, you know, in like kind of a sensitive place, a mentally, fragile. emotionally. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Not, not having any tools to deal with that. And so I just decided like, I'm going to, um, I'm just going to stop at the first house I see that has a porch light and just hope for the best. <laughs> and so I, uh, I found this house and it was just a, you know, really basic kind of what all the other houses looked like except it had a light on and it was yep. late and it was in the middle of the mountains and i pulled into the driveway and i pulled a pocket knife out of the uh center <laughs> console like no idea what i'm even gonna do with it and i went up on the porch and knocked on the door and this lady it's the strangest thing that's ever happened to me maybe this lady comes down the stairs she looks at herself in the mirror because she can see through the top window like over the door that she sees that i'm there and she doesn't know me and mm-hmm. she opened the door and i swear to you she said come on in <laughs> no, no words other than come on You're in just
1: expecting you yeah. so she what time what time of night was this
0: at least 10 o'clock maybe 11 oh, wow. yeah. and uh yeah so she I, I I of course don't know what to do. So I just walk in this person's house. (laughs) She takes me into the living room and her husband is in a big recliner with frozen broccoli on each knee, completely (laughs) naked, except for underwear. And, uh, and she goes, have a seat. And then (laughs) she walks in the kitchen and makes me tea and then sit, comes back in and sits down and says, uh, what's going on? And I tell him the whole deal. And, uh, <laughs> and that's too good. Anyway, so I tell I tell him the thing and they the guy walks outside dressed exactly how he was but put a pair of shoes on and he drove me to where the campsite was. And so wow. That was like that was my experience of this. It was just I love that. Yeah.
1: It's so similar. Um it's so sim- did she give you a pillow? I guess
0: it's fine. <laughs> yeah, no question. no pillows. I really I really legitimately thought like am I going to be killed in here? Like, is yeah. this, and then of course it was just totally flipped. They just happened to be the nicest people in the world. Wow. So anyway, wow. that's my story Beautiful. of
1: this. Yeah. What, um, what a privilege though, for you to be able to like, you know, in some way, shape or form one day, pay that forward or, you know, be the person with the light on to, yeah, to welcome in random person at 10 p.m. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I love that. Yeah. Very fitting.
0: Well, thank you for doing this practice. I hope yeah. that, I hope that folks will, uh, if, if you want to get in on this, it's, it's not too late. So shoot me a message or shoot Sarah Kay a message and um, get you the link to, to sign up for yeah. it. But I, I've been really appreciative of it. I, you know, yeah, I'm just really grateful for, for the practice and for how much intention and thought and kind of care you put into it. So thank you for doing
1: Thanks. it. Yeah, well, it's 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 really something I look forward to each year. So I appreciate you um, reading along and sharing your thoughts and stories. That's, that's sort of what makes it the most worthwhile for me. So thank you.
0: Wonderful. Well, we'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.